0: Big Fight Weekend on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented to you by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP, to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you in part by the leaders in daily fantasy DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and use the promo code SGP to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week with the promo code SGP. Get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long only at DraftKings. We're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, or any other betting action? Well, you need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL.co and enter the code SGP20 for a 20% off discount on your first subscription. That's BetQL.co and the promo code SGP20. And we're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in pay-per-head providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, we are back with another installment of this fantastic boxing preview and recap podcast from BigFightWeekend.com. It is the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am merely your somewhat capable and lucid host, T.J. Reeves. I've enlisted some help on this program even across the Atlantic. We're going to go to Britain shortly and hear from David Payne, uh, who I love having as a guest on this podcast from BoxingWriter.co.uk. David has been writing about the fights for the better part of 20-plus years uh, through other media outlets and his own site. Love him as a guest here on the podcast. He'll have insight on that Dillian White-Alexander Povetkin upcoming heavyweight contender showdown. That will be the recap to the... Uh, the the finale, really, of the fight camp series for Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing on their headquarters. That's the, arguably the biggest fight worldwide for this weekend. White previously having lost uh, to Anthony Joshua, the unified heavyweight champ, in a non-title fight. Povetkin, the former IBF heavyweight champ, also lost to Joshua by TKO stoppage. Both of these guys be- desperately want to get back in the heavyweight picture. So David will have insight on that fight. And we'll be talking a lot about that fight with our other guests that are going to be coming along on the show, too, uh, about the matchup. Uh, there in the main event for the Matchroom Show. We've got the PBC Premier Boxing Champions fight card on Fox that we are looking forward to. Uh, Anxious to uh, mix that up and chop that up with our guests, including later on in the program Marquise Johns, the senior writer of BigFightWeekend.com. He'll be talking about Sean Porter in the main event and the rest of that card and what PBC is up to. Also, top-ranking ESPN in the Las Vegas bubble have a light heavyweight uh, title elimination bout between uh, contenders Uh, Alvarez, Storm Alvarez and Joe Smith Jr. Marquise has got the breakdown on all these fights here coming up. Looking forward to talking with him about that. Also in between a special guest that's going to be with us frequently as part of the uh, Big Fight Weekend moving forward on a regular basis, Zach Hirsch. Mystic Zach. He is only a teenager but he is great at picking sports and picking fights. His website is ipickwins.com Look forward to talking with Mystic Zach about fights, about his background. He's got a dad who's been involved in the sport for a long time with Shannon Briggs and Corey Spinks and others as a man Manager and promoter. Zach's gonna tell his story and then make a prediction on White and Pavetkin, and we're gonna have him as a regular part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. So we're anxious to see what happens with all of these different fights. We're finding out more and more about some of the bigger ones that are going to be coming. This split doubleheader with the Charlo brothers out of Houston, Texas, defending their world titles uh, at the PBC on Showtime site at the Mohegan Sun Casino in Connecticut. That one coming in September. Looks like we are going to get Teofimo Lopez and Vasily Lomachenko World Lightweight Unification Showdown in Las Vegas. Top-ranked boxing, that's coming in October. So uh, a lot of different fights. When will Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder be able to mix it up? We're going to find out uh, in the coming weeks and months if that fight can be made. So the bigger fights are coming along here, whether it's PBC, Matchroom Boxing. Of course, last weekend, the shocking upset by Jessica McCaskill in the main event fight. Uh, over uh, Cecilia Brekus in the uh, in the showdown in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Brekus' first loss of her career, ending an 11-year title reign as the world welterweight champion in the in the women's world welterweights had, had defended her title 25 times in a row and Brekus Uh, kind of looked her age at 38. McCaskill looked like the younger, quicker uh, fighter, won a lot of the early rounds and snuck the decision. uh, The shock of the boxing weekend was that upset. I know it's women's boxing. It's not the same interest level uh, in the United States or even worldwide as men's boxing, but it still fights. It's still interesting, and this was a compelling upset loss, and it screwed up a potential Cecilia Brakus, Katie Taylor, humongous payday fight for matchroom boxing Uh, Will Brekus uh, continue her career at 38 years old and rematch McCaskill or not? What happens? And Katie Taylor, by the way, in action on that Matchroom show coming Saturday night at the Matchroom headquarters uh, at their Fight Camp series. We'll talk more about that fight as we go along. So that was the big upset of last weekend. Uh, We'll see what happens for this weekend with these uh, with these different battles and these different fight cards. We're ready to preview it for you. A reminder, however you found this podcast, whether you found us through a social media link, whether you found us through our friends at sportsgamblingpodcast.com that have now added the podcast onto their network feed of shows, we say thank you to those guys, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, Colby Dan, all the guys with Sports Gambling Podcast and their feed of shows. However you found us, subscribe to the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. It will come automatically to you through Apple Podcasts, through Spotify, through Google Podcasts. Subscribe, 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 and five-star rate and review. Then more people will see it as well on those services. So again, whenever we have a new one that is out... In the uh, preview mode or the recap mode for the Big Fight Weekend podcast, all you got to do is subscribe to find out what the latest is here and have it come automatically to your phone or your handheld device, your iPad, etc. So uh, uh, thank you for all of you that are finding it. Spread the word. Rate and review the podcast. We're excited to talk more fights with you. And with all of that out of the way, let's get to our guests. Let's get to the insight, the analysis, and the boxing. Here we go. Well, it is good to have him back. It it is like being reunited and it feels so good. And no, I will not sing that. But I am getting the opportunity to go across the pond from where I am here in Florida in the United States and talk with the boxing writer, David Payne, who comes to us from England where they are back holding fight cards, in particular, Eddie Hearn's matchroom boxing fight cards on the property, on uh, the, uh, the fight camp, on the HQ of... Uh, matchroom boxing and so the fourth of those installment of fight cards will be coming on saturday night who better to give me insight on all of this including the heavyweight showdown that is the main event saturday between dillian white of uh, england and alexander pavetkin the russian former ibf heavyweight champ then the boxing writer david payne of boxingwriter.co.uk it is great to have you back on the big fight weekend podcast sir
1: it's good to talk to you my old friend it's been a long time a uh, Very peculiar period for everybody, um, so it's, it's nice to be back doing something a little bit normal and chatting to my good friend TJ about boxing.
0: I don't know if we were ever normal, much less normal together, <laughs> but I still remember fondly that we shared a meal last October in England. Um, uh, I, I still, I still love the fact that you kind of played a prank on me because I was paying what I what I thought I was paying for the drink, but I was paying for the whole meal, and I was paying like a hundred pounds, and I thought you had ordered some kind of killer killer drink in addition to the food that we were buying, and so you, you got a good laugh at my expense. Uh, I've missed getting to reminisce with you, and as you mentioned, it's been a strange time with the with the COVID nineteen pandemic, the shutdown of everything. It has been unusual um it has been different but at least it's good that some is getting back to normal some sports getting back to normal some some regular life getting back to normal a lot of that is good
1: yeah of course um normality is uh what we're all aiming to get back to how long it can last who knows none of us are scientists or medical practitioners so um we just have to put our faith in people and hope that we can never get our way through safely boxing seemed a distant, a distant thing over the last few months. It's not seemed that important compared to the other issues of the day, and even now it can seem a little bit trivial alongside some of the stories that are going on in people's lives. But we have to cling to some of the things that make us who we are. Remember those things. So, uh, getting back to talking about boxing, if we can put those things to one, the other things to one side, is probably healthy and cathartic for all of us.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And of course, if this man gets to even mention Nottingham Forest. And a, little, and a little football, it brings a smile. I heard the smile. It brings a smile to his face and to his voice. Uh, so we do have some of that uh, coming back around. Um, all right, and as I made mention, uh, of the Fight Camp series, uh, this will be the most significant of the cards, and it was designed that way. It was to build to August the 22nd and Saturday night. I guess before we get to all of the talk about Saturday, Pavetkin, uh, Dillian White, and even the undercard fight with Katie Taylor, the undisputed women's world champ, uh, defending her title in a rematch fight. Give me a sense. Uh, I, I realize the hardcore fan is watching in the UK. Is there even a little bit of buzz for the boxing coming back? Because I know Frank Warren has had a couple of fight cards on uh, studio uh, boxing out of the BT Sport TV studios. Is there been a little bit of buzz in the papers, on the radio, on the Internet, among fight fans, people you converse with a
1: little bit? I think there's a little bit more noise about this weekend, as you'd anticipate. Um, boxing fans, the hardcore fans you refer to, are a, are a strange and curious bunch of cynics, sceptics, um, people who are never happy, and they're constantly either defending or criticizing each other and the sport and why they like it, why they hate it. It's a it's a it's a patchwork of contradictions usually. Um, but I think it's fair to say that this card has a little bit more substance. Than its predecessors, I think it'd be easy to be cynical and skeptical about what Eddie Hearn's tried to do with this series of fight camps. Um, he's made an effort to deliver a product that fits inside your TV screen, in which the the crowd is not the issue, etc. But they've all lacked something without that atmosphere. But like so many cards, whether they've got fans there or they haven't got fans there, what it really boils down to is the quality of the fights and the quality of the fighters going in the competitiveness of those bouts. And up until now, alas, none of them have really piqued the interest. And neither did Frank Warren's card, which was pretty abject as the uh, back at, back when they started back. So this weekend does what. Um, heavyweights always do it just stirs the pot a little bit more the heavyweights always um, always just pick that interest up a little bit more and hopefully there'll be a bit more of an audience come the weekend because I know the viewing figures have been particularly poor Um, but of course he's testing that resolve he's testing that interest by making it a pay-per-view which um,
0: is
1: probably a necessity to get these two guys the paychecks they want but it feels a little bit um, hasty given the paucity of, of quality that's
0: gone before. All right, so we'll talk more about the pay-per-view aspect. Can I just interject? I've missed the accent. I know I, I bring across <laughs> the Southern Hick accent, if you will, uh, to our fight fans, most of whom are in the United States. I've missed the David Payne accent. I, I got almost mesmerized listening to that uh, here. In getting, We have conversed by email or by message, but getting to talk is, is really a cool They're thing. Yeah. Love that. Love the different accents in the different part of the globe. Uh, hopefully, mine is not like fingernails grating on the board to you. Um, so you mentioned that pay per view here is uh, is this, and you mentioned the is the hype and the heavyweights part of that um, and and obviously, this one has been delayed for a while. The anticipation has now built up over the last few weeks here on this. Uh, I I guess the real story here is, can this be an explosive, I guess to you, will it be an explosive night for White? Because if it is, it puts him firmly in the 2021 picture to probably get a shot with Fury or maybe a rematch with Anthony Joshua, depending on how everything plays out. Will it be an explosive night? What do you anticipate?
1: Um. I would, I would imagine, on that criteria of will it be explosive? I would say yes, because they're both punchers, they're both aggressive fighters. Both tend to box on the front foot. Try both try to make things happen. Um, and Dillian White's an improving fighter. He's becoming more powerful and destructive as time has gone by. Make of that what you will. Um, but his technique certainly improved. I know. Again, skeptics will suggest other things have led to his improvement um and similarly Pov- pavetkin similarly has got a long history in that area that i'm alluding to but not mentioning um <laughs> but he's but he's an aggressive fighter who still carries a punch so they come together uh, i would i would get edge white based on his youth but pavetkin's a very dangerous fighter in this in this contest and um i think any results possible but i think it will be Reasonably action-packed. You you can't imagine that Povetkin can do 12 rounds at a fast pace. And Dillian White has had a couple of occasions when he's run out of stamina towards the end of action-packed fights. But um, I think it will be entertaining. I definitely think it will be an entertaining bout between the two.
0: Interesting that for Povetkin, he was a dynamo. and This is the PED thing that you were alluding to. Uh, and was the IBF champ, but Anthony Joshua handled him, although he shook Anthony Joshua in the opening round with a left hook in that Mm -hmm. fight. The problem is there was more than just that one left hook in the first round. It was the rest of the fight where Joshua dominated him and eventually stopped him. And since then, uh, a decision win that was largely dull over uh, Tyson Fury's brother, Huey Fury... And then a draw with Michael Hunter back last December uh, on the undercard of the Ruiz Joshua rematch. So we haven't seen big explosiveness out of Pavekin and, and and you really wonder if uh if maybe his bigger, better days uh at age forty right now are are behind him. I, I you have to wonder that going into Saturday night.
1: Yeah, Obviously, his best days are behind him. The, 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 I'm, I'm not going to try to make an argument that a guy of his age can still be at his peak. He clearly can't be at his physical peak. Um, again, we, w- we won't get bogged down in the in the kind of shadows that uh, his career has been blighted by. But on face value, there's no way a 40-year-old can be this, the same physical specimen as a 28- or a 31-year-old can be. Um, I think what Povet can... My reason for thinking that, that he has better chances in this is that White is an aggressive fighter, um, so he will give Povetkin chances because um, he's the Russians are uh, a smart technical fighter with good power in that left hook, and um, Joshua had to learn that lesson the hard way, and that could have been, that could have been a different kind of fight um, if Povetkin had perhaps had a bit more energy in the tank because he certainly troubled Joshua uh, in that fight. But as you say, um, he's had a couple of longer fights back in 2019 which seems like a lifetime ago already so much has happened hasn't it since (laughs) Um, but I think White always gives you a chance um, and I think he will doubtless um, give Povetkin a chance and I think if they start tagging each other it could become it could become a really entertaining exciting fight perhaps with both of them down and up again who knows
0: Maybe. David Payne's voice with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Find him at BoxingWriter.co.uk. Follow him on social media, at The TheBoxingWriter on Twitter. Love his insight. Uh, you're also intrigued by the co-feature, which is a rematch again. Katie Taylor, unbeaten, undisputed women's world lightweight uh, champion rematching a German Delphine Persoon, who she battled a year ago on the undercard of Joshua Ruiz 1, Madison Square Garden, U.S. debut for Taylor uh, in that one. Close fight the first time. So that's kind of the backdrop here for the rematch. And this one, uh, both volume punchers, this could be very entertaining as well, exciting uh, for Katie Taylor, uh, in particular because uh, she is one of the marketable uh, female stars in, in all the world in the sport, and she'll be featured here as part of this pay-per-view on the co-feature, David.
1: Yeah, it's it's a tremendous fight um, between two hard-as-nails pro females. They both showed in that contest just how far they were willing to go to try and get the win. Um, there are some who thought that Pursum won that first bout. It was squeaky type uh, round either way, um, so it's good that there's a rematch, it's good that there's a rematch within 12 months a hotly contested fight um, so they go again and that's good, that's better than Katie having an easier fight um, and knocking someone over in two or three rounds um, but Katie's also got a habit uh, a little like Dillian um, she's technically better, obviously got better pedigree than Dillian but um, she too Seems to make a fight of everything, so every contest she seems to end up having a scrap um, rather than perhaps boxing a little bit more intelligently. She likes to have a fight. She likes to entertain. So uh, against Persoon, she's uh, probably going to get another hotly contested fight, I would imagine, unless she can box a little bit with a little bit more discipline. But um, Persoon's a very very tough operator, and um, it's got all the ingredients for another tough contest between two very capable women.
0: Love uh, getting to chat with David Payne for just another couple of more moments. Again, White Pavetkin headlines matchroom boxing's fight camp number four that is coming Saturday night in the UK. It is pay-per-view offered in the UK through Sky Sports. It is on the DAZN streaming service in the United States. If you're already a paid subscriber, you'll get that one. We look forward to those fights. We're hoping that we get a Fury Wilder fight. At the end of uh, at the end of this year, it's been made clear by Bob Arum, by the Premier Boxing Champions people, they are holding out David for as long as possible for some fans to possibly be able to attend wherever that fight is late in the year. Uh, so we await that one. At some point on uh, on planet Earth, we allegedly are going to get Anthony Joshua fighting Kubret Pulev. Although the weeks and months continue to tick to tick by, and we want and again Eddie Hearn and Matchroom want that fight with some fans present. So right now we're kind of in the holding pattern on both of those in the heavyweight division. So we have to take what we can get right now. With this, with this Dillian White fight, because we're not assured of uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, three Anthony Joshua and Kubrat Pulev right now in 2020. We're we're just we're uncertain.
1: That's absolutely right. Um, like all things, one can only assume it's down to money and the, the the need to balance the books to pay the guys the kind of fees that they want. Um, well, uh, I mean, we've seen today. Without going off at too much of a tangent, we've seen today announcements about who Canelo may well fight. Um, presumably on a similar basis that he doesn't want to take a pay cut, so they can't afford to pay a decent opponent. Um, exactly. They, they need the wages on the gate, uh, despite the amount of money that comes in through um, through pay per views, etc. Obviously, Canelo's slightly different, but it's it, it's hard to see where we get back to a situation where that gate can make that much difference. TJ, I mean. Are we really to believe that, in the likelihood of some sort of second wave of this horrible COVID thing uh, in the in the winter this year, that we're going to have an indoor stadium with 80,000 people in over in Wales for a um, Anthony Joshua fight, or even twenty five thousand at an 0 two arena that we were nearby when we met last year? It just seems impossible to to contemplate that that could happen. But um, if that, so, if that's what they're hanging on for. I think they may end up being disappointed, but I suppose they're uh, they're playing that lottery, aren't they? Uh, yep. If they go too early, they could cut the, cut, cut their um, have to cut their cloth accordingly, and then be presenting fights that no one really wants to see. So it's it's difficult, but all the time, their peak years and the peak value from a competitive point of view of those fights continues to ebb away, doesn't it? We want to see them fighting now, this year, next year in rematches, and not waiting for. The year after next, before we see the first one, which seems ridiculous to say right now, but we've been, we've said that in the past about fights, and then three years later, we're still waiting. So
0: <laughs> let's hope
1: what, however, they occur, let's hope whatever sacrifices might need to be made by the fighters in question on their wages, whether they might not be quite as good because there isn't a crowd, it would be a real shame if those guys didn't get together in some shape or form sooner rather than later.
0: All right, let's hope that it is sooner. Uh, it has been a while since we've been able to talk. I'm I'm glad that uh, we've gotten to get back together. I want to put a smile on your face because uh, on Tuesday, on the night that we're actually taping uh, here, that you and I are taping, it is the 30th anniversary, believe it or not, of what was a great one-round KO by Nigel Benn, a UK boxing hero uh, from the 80s and the 90s. Nigel Benn and Iran Barkley. Uh, oh, wow. A one-round knockout in Las Vegas where Ben, on national TV in the United States, stunned Iran Barkley, knocked him down three times, took the WBO version of the middleweight championship uh, that night. Uh So, again, that was a very popular fighter, very big punching fighter. His epic fight with Chris Eubank would come later that year, November of 1990. So I just, I love to reminisce with you, and I thought I'd put a smile on your face that that anniversary is going. We wrote about it uh, previously on Big Fight Weekend, and we're republicizing it. That is 30 years ago. August of 1990, that Nigel Benn stormed into Las Vegas and bombed Iran Barkley out of there in one round. It wasn't quite Hagler Hearns five years later in the opening round with those all-time fighters, but it's a great one-round fight, uh, David Payne. Uh, there's no doubt.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, and it, it it may look like Iran um, Barkley didn't have any success, but he hit Ben with a fair few <laughs> bombs, too. Yes. Um, I mean, those of us old enough to remember both guys, obviously Barkley, For you guys over in America, was a was a big name, uh, a tremendous fighter, and a, a real character as well. A real persona of fear around him because uh, he came from a street life and was a real a real banger in that division. Um, and, but Nigel Ben, tr- tremendous fighter, uh, sometimes um, kind of. Categorized too easily as just a bomber, but he—he he, he was a good fighter, a good all-round fighter, could do lots of things. But that night he was irresistible. Um, absolutely went through Barkley like we have a phrase here. Perhaps you've got the same one there, like a knife through butter. Um and yes. Took out, took out a ferocious fighter that many people were afraid of on away soil. Um, Yeah. Tremendous result. And um, one of Nigel's greatest nights, undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. And I can't believe it's 30 years ago. I know.
0: I'm getting old. You're not as old as I am. I'm getting old.
1: Well, yeah. We're creeping along along together, TJ, aren't we? We're creeping along together. It's wild to to contemplate
0: all of this stuff in the history uh, machine. Uh, That's for sure. So uh, love the insight again of David Payne. Follow him at The Boxing Writer. Find his site, boxingwriter.co.uk to find out more. I love it. Promise me that we get to do this again here in the near future. We'll see what happens with White Povetkin in the main event of the Matchroom Boxing Fight Camp Series, the finale of this four fight card series that they have. It's coming Saturday night. Uh, from the matchroom boxing headquarters we'll see if it's an explosive night for white does pavet pull the upset is it a dull fight a dull fight hurts white just as much uh almost as a loss if he's not if he's not very exciting we'll see we'll see how all of it goes david a treat thank you i appreciate you staying up late for me i want to acknowledge the fans david stayed up a little late tonight london time to be able to chat with me thank you sir it's always great to have you
1: it's good to be here tj just closing off Let's let's demand more from our top guys, shall we, TJ? Let's support local fighters in fifty-fifty fights, sure. But these top guys, let's demand they fight each other. Let's not put up with any more shit under the name of God knows what title and God knows what interim and international. Let's just have the top guys fight each other, and let's make that our new mandate that we demand that from the from the fighters, from the promoters. Because I'm tired of fight, talking about. Fights that ne- never happen for belts, no one cares about. So let's let this COVID pandemic give us the presence of mind to appreciate the value of our own time and our own dollars and pounds, and only pay for the stuff that's worth paying for, and demand it of these guys. Let's let's do that. That's that's my having you you rekindle my interest in. In talking boxing, again, TJ, that's occurred to me that that's what I'm going to go forward with uh, as my new theme.
0: (laughs) I love it. And in the Southern churches, we would say, and all God's people said, amen, amen (laughs) on that. Preach on, uh, Reverend Payne. I love it. Thank you. Be well.
1: Take care, my friend.
0: There we go. Love the insight of my man, David Payne, the boxing writer with all the fighters in and around the UK. He has great insight, great historical perspective. Love uh, getting the chance uh, to catch up with him and have him more frequently on the podcast. Still to come, we got a brand new guest that's going to help us in the prediction mode. Uh, he is a young man that has got a knack for picking games, picking fights. You'll learn more about Mystic Zach. Zach Hirsch is going to be with us straight ahead on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And senior writer Marquise John still to come, breaking down everything from the Matchroom Fight Camp show, PBC on Fox this weekend involving Sean Porter, etc., cetera, et cetera, with all the different fights. Marquise, later on in the program as we circulate along on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. For the moment, though, we'll tell you about some of our our sponsors, including mybookie.ag. Okay, did you get some uh, wagers down already on the Major League Baseball that has started up or the NBA and the NHL that's resumed? If not, why not? You've got a chance to be cashing in right now, including with the boxing and the fights. And My bookie has got their deposit match bonus back with a special offer right now here as part of this podcast of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of shows. And the best thing about MyBookie is not only this deposit bonus, but when you bet, you win, and they pay. So again, whether you're looking over the NBA and what's going to happen here with the Lakers or the Bucks or the Clippers, how about the Trailblazers or Red Hot, bet on all the games as it's unfolding. National Hockey League that's going on, MyBookie.ag. Join up today if you never have. In my book, you will match your first deposit, dollar for dollar, up to 1000 bucks. Just enter the promo code SGP, get a promo code offer of a $1,000 match. You put $500 in, they'll put $500 to match it. $750 or $1,000, they'll match it, whatever it is. Remember... Make those wagers. Live in-game betting, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, the fights this weekend. It's all available at mybookie.ag, promo code SGP. You bet, you win, they pay with mybookie. And we're brought to you in part by our friends at DraftKings. And yes, regular season betting is fun, but now we've got the NBA and the NHL playoffs added into the mix. Is there anything better than exciting one goal Stanley Cup hockey or sudden death overtime Stanley Cup hockey? Come on, bet all of it with DraftKings right now and be in the center of the action. And millions of dollars in prizes are flowing every which direction throughout the week and daily with DraftKings. If you haven't tried it yet, it's very easy to do. It's daily fantasy. You put your lineup together, you stay under the salary cap, you get your shot at millions of dollars that are in these different prize games. Daily fantasy right in the middle with DraftKings. Right now, download the DraftKings app, use our promo code SGP, and play for free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes that are up for grabs, combinations of the the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, all the different sports, or stick to just one sport, either the hockey or the pro basketball, etc. Use the promo code SGP. Get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long, only at DraftKings. Remember, a minimum $5 deposit will be required. Eligibility restrictions also apply. You can see DraftKings.com for more details. And remember that promo code SGP with DraftKings. We're also brought to you in part by BetQL. If you want to get an advantage over your sports book with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball back in action, you need to download this app, BetQL. It's the only app you need to make smart bets this season. And they've got some great algorithms, a best bet algorithm that has thousands of data points to give you the top information and the best recommendation on what to wager on. Uh, Whether you're talking about the NBA games, whether you're talking about the UFC pay-per-view this weekend, whether you're talking about the fights that we're talking about on Big Fight Weekend, you go to BetQL, you pick from all of the different uh, data points and recommendations. They're giving you great info, great sharp data to help you make the bet. You can even see where most of the betting public is betting if you want to go the opposite direction. And with BetQL If you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, or West Virginia, you can claim an exclusive offer from Sportsbooks and use BetQL's data to make the right bets. Again, if you're in Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado, West Virginia, a special offer awaits you with BetQL. Go to the Apple Store, go to the Google Play Store, download it. Enter the promo code SGP, by the way, and you get 20% off your initial subscription. So even more incentive for BetQL. Remember the promo code is SGP20 and take 20% off with BetQL. And if you've ever thought of owning your own sportsbook but you didn't know how, Ace Per Head is here to help you start it up. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive, professional betting site with all the lines updated up to the second and wagers graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer service going 24-7, some of the sharpest lines in the industry, and plus... Ace per Head also has live betting and a great mobile experience. You can get started today. Ace is offering six weeks free, by the way. Go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP to find out more. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, DJ Reeves. Continue along, and we're looking forward to the fights, the more prominent fights coming back around now, post-COVID-19 pandemic. Probably the biggest one of this weekend is the Matchroom Boxing Fight Camp main event. Heavyweights: Dillian White of England, Alexander Povetkin of Russia. We'll be talking some about that. And a lot more of the fights from a different angle. Looking forward to our next guest and bringing him on. I have to say outright, when I, when I stumbled onto this, when I got uh, led to this kid, and he's a kid, although he's becoming a young man now, he's a, he's a high school graduate, he's moving on to college, I looked and I said, this looks like young TJ here when I'm seeing him on the video, doing his stuff, his broadcasting, his video stuff. Zach Hirsch, who is known as Mystic Zach with ipickwins.com, is with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Mystic Zach, how you feeling as uh, as we roll on through the summer here? How are things?
2: Uh, things are great. I'm very fortunate to be you know healthy right now and uh, thriving, and I've got some great opportunities coming up, and I start college this week. I'm excited.
0: How about that? So the big college experience is coming. And uh, for the fans that are out there, you need to know a little bit about Zach's background. He's, he's got a big background in the sport because of his father, who was involved as a boxing manager and also promoter, connected to Shannon Briggs, uh, by the way, the, the former heavyweight uh, champ. Uh, so you've kind of grown up in and around boxing just because of your dad. It made, made you almost a fight fan from the time that you started following sports, right?
2: Yeah, and uh, not only that, but my dad also had his own boxing gym, where uh, a lot of guys would come through frequently, guys like Karen Crawford, to name one. And uh, yeah, he also managed Jamil McCline, a former heavyweight title challenger, where he fought Sam Peter, and a lot of people thought he won, including me. He also managed five-time world champion Corey Sphinx and a lot of other guys
0: So growing up in that environment what did you think of boxing because uh it's it's definitely uh it's it's not the ballet let's say it's definitely violent what did you think and how much did your dad try to shield you a little bit when you were younger about the the brutal side of of of, of boxing
2: uh, for me I never you know a lot of people can't even stand to watch it cuz it freaks them out but uh I've never had any qualms with it. I've always loved it. I've never, I've always loved football, MMA, boxing, all that type of thing. I was never really shielded from it. I used to go to the boxing gym. I would watch all the big boxing matches. Of course, the biggest thing growing up for me was when, whenever Floyd Mayweather would fight. Especially yeah, no when I started doubt. getting up sport. First it was De La Hoya, and then uh, Marquez later, and eventually, of course, Pacquiao and McGregor and all these types of things. But uh, growing up, watch all the boxing, watch. Watch pretty much
0: every sport imaginable. No doubt, uh, and, and again, being around it and having that insight uh, helps give you some different knowledge. So, uh, the one thing you're you're uh, it's very interesting. You are big into the predictions. You're big into football. You're big into boxing, and you've got a website, I So, tell them more about why you wanted to start doing this publicly on the internet, on social media. What about I Pick Wins? Yeah, so.
2: It's funny because uh, it wasn't even my idea. And uh, I was at my school, and this isn't that long ago. This is a year ago. And uh, maybe a little over a year ago now. And uh, they told me that I needed to, you know, explore my passion for sports and things like this. And, uh, you know, I had to talk with my dad, and we decided I was going to start my own Instagram and my own website. because He's got a long history with web development and things like this. And I was trying to think of what I would do with the website. And I was inspired by Conor McGregor because he would predict his own fights at press conferences. And I said, if he can predict his own fights where he's putting his health on the line, then I can predict fights and games where I'm not putting my health on the line and I'm just a spectator. You know, I have to have the courage to do this. And I I think I'm, you know, one of the best at picking stuff I always have been. So I started up IPickWins.com. We got going at the week one of NFL season and we had a great year. I'm looking forward to year two.
0: Had a lot of success making documented picks in football and uh, and eventually did pick the Kansas City Chiefs successfully uh, to defeat the San Francisco 49ers. I should have mentioned, Zach is in South Florida. I'm in West Central Florida here hosting the podcast. So you were able to be around the Super Bowl. This was all pre-shutdown of COVID-19, and you had the Chiefs, although it wasn't looking great in the second half and in the fourth quarter. But, man, the Chiefs came through on the pick wins pick there. What was it like to be around all of that real quick while we cross over to football for a second and be around the Super Bowl and all that?
2: Yeah, it was very cool. Um, I got to go to the Super Bowl, too. And, uh, yeah, it was a very cool experience. You know, a lot of a lot of big stars there, you know, uh, walking around. It's kind of a crazy thing. And uh, it was a great game, obviously. And uh, in my video, I said I believe Patrick Mahomes would, would going on a two-minute tight drill to win the game, and that also ended up happening. And uh, the Chiefs often were slow starters, especially in those playoffs. But when they got going, they got hot. And uh, Mahomes is just so clutch, man. And uh, that was actually probably one of his worst games of the season. I watched pretty much all of his games. And uh, he was worrying me a little bit in the third quarter. But <laughs> yeah, he got back to it. And he's got so many weapons. And he's probably one of the most talented players to ever play the game.
0: Yeah, they were behind in all three games, behind 21 nothing people forget in the first game with the Houston Texans at home before they came roaring back. And they were behind in that Super Bowl by 10 points in the second half and came roaring back to win. So, a little crossover of sports here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Mystic Zach is with me, Zach Hirsch, ipickwins.com. I pick, I pick uh, wins on Instagram and also the Facebook page as well to find out more about him. All right, so. Uh, The heavyweight division, we have always said the heavyweight division, it always has much more attention. The interest level, the anticipation is much more. We had a massive heavyweight fight between Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. I'm propping you up again. I thought Wilder would win that second fight. The first fight was a draw. It was Fury who was victorious. And Mystic Zach, you had Tyson Fury. What? I mean, it's easy to say now, but you said it in advance. What led you to Tyson Fury in that prediction?
2: Um, It was a couple of things. And uh, I actually picked Fury the first fight, which a, a lot less people did. And I thought, he, I thought he won that fight. I thought he won a clear 9 out of 12 rounds, or even maybe 10, 10 out of 12 rounds. And uh, going to the second fight, everyone I was with, I hosted an event for. It. And these are guys that know a lot about boxing guys like Shannon Riggs, who talked about previously, even my dad, who knows a lot more about boxing than me, even. And uh, everyone picked Deontay Wilder by knockout. And I was thinking about the fight. I said, man, I said, I've said i watched Anthony Wilder a lot. I've never seen the guy make one adjustment, really. He doesn't change his style. He's there. Maybe one day he'll use the jab more. But I, I just don't, I just never thought he had nearly the ring IQ that a guy like Tyson Fury possesses. I said, Tyson Fury got all this time to think about it. Whenever he's in the big fight, he always performs to his absolute best. Because the fight before the Otto walling kind of scared some people. But I knew that was him. and when he fights lower level competition, he doesn't look as good because even before the first Wilder fight, people said a similar thing when he had those tuna fights. And I said I know why, uh, I know Tyson Fury's going to learn from that first fight. I know he, I thought even with especially with the weight gain, he was going to get inside, clinch with Wilder, wear him down, and eventually go for the TKO. He did it a lot quicker than I thought, and I think he showed that he has a lot of power in his hands.
0: It's going to be very interesting here about a third fight between these two if we can ever get it in the ring. Again, there's a lot of unknowns. They want to have fans, at least some fans there. And how do they work that out for a Fury Wilder three? But just to give you an idea, Zach Hirsch, I pick wins. He had Tyson Fury. All right, so that leads us uh, to this weekend. And one of the reasons that we're going to not only have you on here, but have you on periodically as we go along on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Uh, So this showdown, the Matchroom Boxing Fight Camp series uh, at their headquarters, backyard of their headquarters, uh, the brainchild again of Eddie Hearn to have the fights there on their property. They've been building for a month, Zach, as you know, to this showdown. It's actually on pay-per-view in the UK. It's also available on DAZN through the streaming service here in the United States. And the main event is Dillian White, who is currently now reinstated as the number one contender for that WBC title. There's a lot of talk that Dillian White wants Tyson Fury if he is victorious. He's fighting the Russian former IBF heavyweight champion Alexander Povetkin, who lost his title to Anthony Joshua on a knockout loss. In fact, White's lone loss at 27-1 and 1 is to Anthony Joshua. Mystic Zach, size it up here. White is the favorite in England, but Povetkin can punch. How do you, what do you think here about this one? Give me a little analysis and give me a prediction.
2: Yeah, and uh, I think there's one big factor in this fight, and that comes under the shape that Julian White is in. Because when this guy is on, he's in good shape. He's a, I think he's one of the very, very top heavyweights in the world. I think he's a top five heavyweight. He's got a really good resume. He's a guy who's always wanted to fight the best. I mean, I think that uh, Derek Chisora win is tremendously underrated. Not a lot of guys want to fight him. And then he, he beats Oscar Rivas, who I think is maybe the most underrated heavyweight right now. And he's a really good fighter. And Dillian uh, White possesses some of the most power in the division. He's just uh, he's ruthless. I think, he's, I think he has a good chance against anybody in the heavyweight division. I think he can knock anybody's lights out. And if we see an in-shape Dillian White, which I think it'll be telling on Friday... At the way in, and I say this especially because of his last fight with Vox on the uh, Joshua Reese card, he didn't look in the best shape. And uh, it went to a decision, I think, a, uh, uh, but it was a short notice fight. But I think a Dillian White that was motivated for that camp and really came in the fight in great shape, I think he would have been able to definitely knock him out and get him out of there. But I, I an in shape motivated Dillian White, I, I think I have him by KO, over I was in there for
0: Mm, Interesting. And again, we'll know more about the weights. It's a good point that you make later in the week. White had been training for more than three months in Portugal. He left the UK because of the lockdown and Portugal had a little bit more uh, relaxed situation where he could go and train and be in a gym and that kind of thing. That wasn't allowed back during April and May during the lockdown in England. Uh, So he had been training there. We'll see what kind of shape he's in. And again, Pavetkin, a big puncher. Uh, that's the draw here. Povetkin with 24 knockouts in his 35 wins. Two, the two losses are to Vladimir Klitschko very early on in his career back seven years ago. And then he lost to Anthony Joshua back in the fall of 2018. Uh, we'll see. He's the underdog. White is supposed to win. You expect? Do you expect this uh, Mystic Zach to end quickly? Will this end maybe in two or three rounds? Or might we go a while, Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin?
2: You know, as as far as going through the history of Jillian White's fights, he is kind of a slow starter. I mean, a lot of the knockouts I remember of my head were in the later rounds, like we saw in the Tresora fight. Early on, it was a back-and-forth bout until he was ultimately able to get the knockout in the 11th round. Um, He's not typically a first-to-second-round type knockout artist, so I could definitely see a later-round knockout or maybe ultimately unanimous decision.
0: All right, and can White, if he is victorious, get in the big picture with Tyson Fury? Again, uh, Dillian White also having fought uh, Anthony Joshua back earlier in both of their careers before uh, Joshua was actually world champ. He was the uh, Commonwealth, the British Commonwealth heavyweight champ when they fought in 2015, and Joshua scored the knockout. That's Dillian White's lone loss. He hasn't lost since then, so let's see how it plays out. Uh, on Saturday and the and the cool thing is we're going to get some much better fights as we go along here we're hoping for Wilder Fury but the Charlo brothers out of Houston Texas have a a a big pay-per-view a double header a split double header pay-per-view that's coming up we're going to get a Teofimo Lopez Vasali Lomachenko lightweight world title unification fight we're looking forward to that I mean we're going to get some better fights coming up is my point Zach and we're looking forward to having you on talking about them
2: yeah, I really hope that uh, the Lopez-Lomachenko fight ultimately
0: does happen. Looks like it probably will in October. Not official as of yet, but at least it's being talked about in and around there. Gervonta Davis and Leo Santa Cruz also, so we're looking forward to that. One more for you. We see you on Instagram under I Pick Wins. That's the Instagram account. You were out in California. Tell the fans listening on the Big Fight Weekend, you were out in California back a couple of weeks ago. Who were you hanging with? Uh, From a boxing standpoint, out in California?
2: Yeah, so um, I just got back recently. I was out there for about a month, and I was in uh, L.A. and Las Vegas, and I was out there with uh, B.J. Flores, you know, the former cruiserweight title challenger, and uh, Jake Paul, who has a big fight coming up against uh, Nate Robinson on the co-main of Tyson versus Roy Jones. So I got to see his training camp, get on the inside. uh, I stayed at his house. And, uh, yeah, so Jake's someone I've known for about a year now. And I originally met him in Logan Paul training camp where Shannon Briggs was training him. So uh, I just got to say uh, Jake was looking really good.
0: All right. So that fight, again, is part of the Tyson-Jones uh, exhibition if you will that will be taking place now they've moved it to November it was supposed to be next month September it's now been moved to November on that day you were also around Money May you mentioned Floyd Mayweather you were around Floyd Mayweather a little bit uh, too you've been chatting with him on Instagram they can see that on the Instagram feed on Pick wins right Zach
2: yeah, yeah me and Floyd go way back and uh, I'm going to be doing an in-person interview with them later this month
0: very good we'll look for that Uh, as well. Again, check him out. Ipickwins.com is the website. Go visit that. Ipickwins on Instagram for Mystic Zach, for Zach Hirsch, and also the Ipickwins Facebook page to engage more uh, with him. And again, he likes Dillian. Are you giving me a round? You like Dillian White. You said later, are you giving me like the 8th round, the ninth round, the 10th round, maybe late in that fight Saturday in London? That sounds good to
2: me. I'm really, really looking forward to the weigh in
0: yeah, let's, see, really let's see who looks in shape, especially with the heavyweights, and see if White took it seriously or not. Uh, we know this. He is staying on the property in a macked-out RV, a macked-out motorhome. So he's living the life of luxury a little bit here before the fight. We'll, we'll see if he's been training um, and eating correctly and what kind of weight he's in, Dillian White, for this main event coming up. Listen, uh, I enjoyed thoroughly uh, the first of what will be, uh, hopefully, uh, regular conversations that we're going to have. We look forward to having you on, because why? You pick wins, Mystic Zach. I appreciate you hanging here on the uh, the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Good luck with the prediction of Dillian White, and we look forward to talking with you down the road.
2: I'm looking forward to talking with you down the road. Let's go, champ.
0: And to wind things down here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, let's call back in my man, the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Love Week, Sauce Radio, Marquise Johns and his takes on all things with the sweet science. So uh, Marquise, as we call you in, good to have you. We've been talking a lot already about this matchroom fight card, the last installment of Eddie Hearn's fight camp that is coming Saturday night at their headquarters, Dillian White. Alexander Povetkin, heavyweight contender showdown is the main event. It's probably the biggest one. And look, they need, uh, as we've been talking already on the podcast and running on the website, they need this fight to really deliver for them. It is on pay-per-view, yes, but they need this to be a big deal to help pick up the audience and the issues they have uh, here with, with White and Povetkin leading the way coming on on Saturday evening. Absolutely, TJ. Thanks for having me as always.
3: And I think it's it has to be at this point because every fight leading up to this fight camp has been pretty hit or miss at best, and for and for the most part, TJ aren't the biggest names on these fight camp cards that people are really interested in. Decent fights at the end of the day, coming said of it, but he pretty he pretty much Hearn put his basket in for this fight that the, that the poor folks in the UK are having to pay pay per view for. Thankfully, in the states here, it's on the zone, and we got to do it to the zone and whatnot. Which reminds me, TJ. A, funny story about that. Apparently, that wasn't confirmed to be actually on the Zone USA until about a week and a half ago. Because apparently, the Zone didn't have the rights for it. It might to be very suspicious for a a, a, a streaming platform to uh, have a fight season and uh, no no fights for it. But nonetheless, we we get that this Saturday on the Zone on uh, two p.m. Eastern Saturday.
0: All right. and As I was talking about with David Payne, it's an opportunity for White to kind of get back into the heavyweight. A title picture either with Tyson Fury as the WBC number 1 contender, maybe a rematch, pie in the sky, hope for a rematch with Anthony Joshua. They fought uh, previously before Joshua was heavyweight champ, and he scored a knockout, the only loss for Dillian White. Uh, If, I mean if, if uh, Dillian White could turn it on and be spectacular here, it could set one of those things up. So I, I guess that's what we're looking forward to, to see if he can have a spectacular performance, if not an early knockout.
3: Not at all. I think it's going to go to the cards. Actually, like the last two white cards, and there may be moments of action in it, like the Rivas fight where he where he where he got caught by Rivas, but then he he, he rebounded and knocked Rivas down to one by points, and then the fight in Saudi Arabia on the Joshua two rematch uh, card where he he bored everyone to death with uh, Barcelos, walked to a decision win. So I expect more of the same to continue uh, White's long-reigning number one standing with the WBC for that eventual title shot that probably, maybe, sort of might happen sooner or later when we're still alive, TJ. But, or not, (laughs) unless Brazil gets...
0: And we will just stick with the Fight Camp co-feature that we've already also discussed a little bit here, too. That is Katie Taylor, the Undisputed Women's World Lightweight Champion, unbeaten, 15-0, rematch with what was a, a really competitive battle last year. Madison Square Garden on the undercard of Ruiz and Joshua won. Uh, Katie Taylor won the fight by decision. You, you wrote it wasn't a clear victory, clean victory last year. Uh, Delphine Pursun of Germany has a bit of a case here for a rematch. This is an intriguing, I know it's a women's fight, but this is an intriguing fight in the co-feature here for what's on the line and the fact it's kind of some unfinished business for Pursun.
3: Absolutely, TJ. It would have been an even bigger fight but, I mean, the rematch is great, too, with Pursun. I think Pursun has a legitimate case of actually winning that first fight in Madison Square Garden last year. Uh, some say she had won it. I thought it was a pretty fair draw. I, uh, I didn't see Taylor winning it personally. I actually think that's going to be the better fight. But keep in mind, these, remember, this is also the fight before that originally was to be Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano before all of that fell by the wayside. So we're looking at the rematch instead. So this is actually on this fight card, This is the, the co-main event with Katie Taylor is the card to look for on this one.
0: And we should make mention to what you are referring to, which is Amanda Serrano was supposed to be the opponent here in an American uh, and, and have the opportunity. But uh, basically this whole thing went sideways during the pandemic. She and her promoter Lou DiBella then took it public that Eddie Hearn was trying to make Serrano take a pay cut for the fight to be held as part of Fight Camp with no fans, no Livegate revenue. Hearn tried to deny that he didn't ask for the pay cut. <laughs> they then outed him on social media and said, hey, we've got correspondence from you where you were demanding this. Hearn went so far in the bad blood, Marquise, that that he went ahead and tried to stop and did stop Serrano from competing on a Telemundo reality show. It was not a sports reality show, but an athletic reality show where the first prize was two hundred and fifty grand, much more than she would get from this fight with Katie Taylor he uh, he basically sent the reality show producers in Telemundo a cease and desist order that hey she can't participate because she's under contract to fight. Well, Serrano's side of it is I was under contract to fight back during uh back during May or right around there and, and then I, I you know the pandemic hit. I don't know when I'm fighting. You're trying to change the terms. This whole thing is a public relations mess between Hearn, Matchroom, Debella Amanda Serrano. And so instead, we get the Pursun rematch here.
3: Absolutely. Let me add on to that, TJ, because this broke today as well. Uh, the, the ongoing saga between Hearn v. DeBella. Uh George Cambos Jr. was supposed to take on uh, Lee Selby and one of the title eliminators back in Wales in, back in October. Uh, that fight's been scrapped because over money, as you may have guessed, uh, Debella who uh, promotes uh, George Cambos along with uh, uh, manager Peter Kuhn, uh t- check this out tj so k- their side wanted one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the fight and decided heard wanted to only pay 100 dollars uh
0: for all of it did and they originally agree to 150 or they i mean did, but there they did you go a-
3: they agreed to reach to 150 so this is the same, the same thing victory.
0: again where he's saying no fans you got to reduce the price blah 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 at this level so i can i can understand them wanting to stand firm on that right
3: yeah they're standing firm on that so pretty much that that fight's going to a purse bid, which is pretty much what this fight would have went to in the first place, had they not even had to agree to terms to begin with. So that's starting to clock all over again on that fight. So if you're if you're looking for that one, because that the the winner of that fight, TJ, would eventually take on uh, at this point the winner of the TFIM Lopez Lomachenko fight uh, for the IBF bill, because it'd be mm. the IBF mandatory. That's that's the implications of that one down the line. But We won't know who that one is until that one happens first. And the way this is going, (laughs) it's going to be a while.
0: Well, so, okay, that fight is scrapped. You mentioned, let's just go on the subject line because you brought it up. Teofimo Lopez, Vasali Lomachenko. Looks like it will happen uh, coming in Las Vegas in October, either the 17th or the 24th. Uh, Bravo that Bob Arum and Top Rank got it worked out and got it worked out that it's not on pay-per-view or on the ESPN Plus app. It will be on ESPN uh, prime time. It's it's arguably the biggest fight that's going to be on ESPN for the remainder of the year uh, with Lomachenko status and and obviously uh, Lopez, the up and coming young Honduran born New Yorker uh, that scored the humongous one punch big time KO over Richard Kami, uh for the IBF belt. Good that this got made and good that it's not on pay per view and we're looking for it in about sixty days. Right?
3: Yes. Absolutely, this is the biggest fight that ESPN and Top Ring probably has put on this on the network for a while, actually, and I'm looking forward to it, mainly for the solo aspect of it. That this, this is one of those fights, TJ, where they were trying to figure out if they want to put this on pay-per-view and, and have fans with it and all that fun stuff, but at the end of the day, it's just not feasible with, the, with everything going on. So this is put on local free TV, and it helps also, TJ, as you well know, that College football has fallen by the wayside, and this is being on one of those Saturdays where I if – if memory serves me, well, they usually have stacked those Pac-12 football games during the Saturday afternoon. <laughs> right,
0: or in the evening. Right.
3: In the evening, We're just in time for this boxing fight, and since that's all gone by the wayside, yeah, this, this this fits right in. So it makes perfect sense on all, all fronts.
0: Voice of Marquise Johns, with me for a few more minutes. It's the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Reminder, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. Also find our YouTube channel as well, where we've got other programming under Big Fight Weekend. Uh, Let's stick with the ESPN theme, because they have a fight card this weekend. It's a light heavyweight title eliminator, Alvarez, Joe Smith, Jr., uh, again, WBO belt. That's the one that Canelo Alvarez won a year ago, virtually in November when he beat Sergey Kovalev, that WBO belt, uh, would theoretically be up for grabs here. Right. So, uh, down the road for one of these guys, that's, that's the big carrot that's out there for whoever wins that fight. Uh, and is that one ESPN or is that one on the ESPN plus app, uh, coming, uh, in prime time?
3: That whole card, TJ, is going to be on the ESPN Plus app uh, up and down starting at 730. Uh, The big thing about this fight actually is the fact that that, that the main event is Alvarez-Smith. Alvarez had a huge knockout. Probably not until the Joe George knockout on Showtime about a couple of weeks back, uh, TJ, was probably had the knockdown of the year over Marcus Seals. Mm. And he's back back in action on getting this fight against Joe Smith, who had a very convincing win against Jesse Hart uh, back in January in Atlantic City. And the, the the big thing about this fight is that they they're doing a pretty much since Canelo dropped the belt because he wasn't going to fight at 175 forever or at all. So the the, the goal with this fight was that they're going to do a round robin. The winner of this fight is facing the other two contenders. Off the top of my head, I'm, they're they're not in action for a while. Uh, in this round robin turn for this WBO belt. So it, it's going to be interesting because that was somewhere down the line. You would assume would place them in a, in a fight against the uh, ever big heavyweight at. With top rank with Archer or better be uh, at some point.
0: Yeah, the other uh, WBA, he's what, the unified WBA and I believe IBF champ. Um, yeah. And so we'll see uh, what happens with uh, Storm Alvarez, Joe Smith Jr., Rob Brandt on the undercard, a middleweight. And I know you talked recently uh, on a, on another show on the Joe Louis Bourbon uh, fight show that you do as well. With Clay Collard, who fought a couple of times in the top rank bubble in June and July, he's back on another top rank card this weekend against Maurice Williams. And this is a guy that's starting to develop a little bit of a following. Former MMA fighter, right? Pick it up here. He's he's somebody to watch on that undercard Saturday night for ESPN Plus and Top Rank, right?
3: Ab- absolutely, TJ. He's actually going to be the one to actually look at on this card. Uh... When when we spoke to him about on the Joe Louis Bourbon Mike, Making a Champions podcast, he said, "I kid you not, he had, he. I learned two things from him that. I thought was really interesting. One, he has a really cool sleeve on the, of a Mortal Kombat tattoo that he's going to finish with Sub Zero at at some point once his fight's over. And two, <laughs> he he he's with, 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 facing Maurice Williams. He didn't he he flat out said he, he didn't study too much tape on him only because he doesn't like to prepare watching guys fight. He's just going to figure it out in the ring and then just take it over from there. And so far for him, that has worked literally every time this year with with knocking out." These prospects, so I expect them the same thing with Maurice Williams, who hasn't been in action in a while. Actually, I want to say it's been over a year and a half since he's been last seen in a ring whatsoever. This is one of those, number one of those fights for him to stay busy. The goal of him, as you mentioned with Clay Collard, was he wanted to get this fight out the way so he can join the next big undercard. When we talked to him at the time, he wanted to be on the Fury Wilder undercard, if that was possible, realistically, which is not looking likely at this point, or the Lomachenko Lopez there that was available, and that's where we'll probably see L- uh, Clay Collard getting if he's victorious on Saturday.
0: And uh, and we'll see because again, he's a guy that has fought what I think four times total this year, and maybe five. It's at this least this will be his fourth four. time. Well, but he's fought four previously this year. And in every case he was considered, well, at least the previous three cases before the last fight, he was the underdog and yet won the fight. So we keep an eye on that uh, for gambling uh, you know, purposes and part of what we're doing. Again, uh, I make mention that we're part of the sports gambling podcast network of shows here where we've got the lines. And Marquise and I will make a couple of predictions in a couple of moments. But keep an eye on Clay Collard here, who should be favored in that fight. Uh, with Maurice Williams, undercard of the ESPN show in Las Vegas. Also, PBC on Fox returns with Showtime, Sean Porter, the former uh, WBC welterweight, Uh, champion uh, facing the virtual unknown again from Germany. This is Sebastian Formella, undefeated, but has only fought one time outside of Germany, and that was in another European country. Never fought in the United States. Coming to Los Angeles, Microsoft Theater. It's on Fox Sports, on Big Fox Network TV. Uh, Your prediction here is should Porter win this and maybe win it quickly? Will Formella have enough to hang in and maybe take it the distance? Does he have a, any puncher's chance, Sebastian Formella?
3: Uh, no, uh, not at all, honestly, <laughs> TJ. And it's interesting about this. I wish I could be more, more guess about it, but I, I don't see it happening. The big thing with this fight, TJ, as well, I learned as well, is that this fight is a WBC IBF eliminator, which makes you wonder because the round robin of, uh, of Walter Waits at PBC at 147, uh, Sean Porter... Uh, Jess was in a bout with Errol Spence last pay-per-view, which was Mm -hmm. for his WBC belt. And this will pretty much put him back into the mix. Well, the bottom line
0: is, those are the two belts Spence has. He had the IBF belt. He took Porter's WBC belt. And you're right. If he wins this, and then Spence is fighting Danny Garcia in November, the logical thing is the rematch, you would Mm -hmm. think, is it worthy of another pay-per-view? Probably and that's probably like February, March, something like that, three or four months from now, they would be able to have the pay-per-view if Porter takes care of business. It's kind of the same thing, though, as Dillian White. If Sean Porter is lackluster and doesn't knock this guy out and it takes 12 rounds and he, and he gets a decision but he's not great in the fight, that might damage him, wouldn't it, for, for maybe the, uh, the Spence thing? Or maybe you think the Spence thing's happening no matter what for the rematch with those two.
3: I think the Spence thing with the rematch, if he wins, is going to happen somewhere down the line. I do know that Spence has two mandatories one way or another, Uh, Garcia being one of them, obviously, because of the WBC, and then IBF is uh, uh, the winner of the lippinets magdavia fight uh, down the line as well. So we'll see how this goes. But what it does, honestly, TJ, it it, it keeps the talk of him, of Spence, in the grand scheme of things, fighting that Terrence Crawford guy (laughs) forever (laughs) in the proverbial back burner on the back door.
0: Yep and and you know we we have affection for Keith one time Thurman who has not fought in over a year since the pay-per-view loss to Manny Pacquiao Thurman and and Crawford kind of mixing it up on social media uh you know reportedly boxing scene talking about this our friends uh, Jake Donovan and Keith Idic writing at boxing scene this week that apparently Bob Arum has said to them they had conversations uh, with Al Heyman and PBC about Crawford and Thurman, but that Thurman and, and Heyman and the premier boxing champions folks want outrageous money with no crowd. And uh, okay, so uh, you can't you can't blame I mean if I'm if I'm Keith Thurman Uh, why do I take a pay cut to step in with Terrence Crawford with no fans when the fight is likely on pay-per-view anyway, right? I mean, that's likely where it would be, so I can't blame. We could be accused of being partial, right, to one time, but I can understand where Keith Thurman doesn't want to take 25% less or 50% less to fight Terrence Crawford. No thank you.
3: Not at all. And TJ, if we're homers, I hate to break it to you guys. The, the There's a there's a cool fact I learned today as well. Uh, 2015, 2016, 2017. in last year, the biggest draw in terms of uh, welterweights and, and, and uh, uh, viewership, Keith Thurman, by the way. So outside, outside of his two year layoff with the injury, he's been the biggest thing on television to watch with, with a, him versus Danny Garcia versus, you know, Sean Porter. Versus Manny Pacquiao. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, TJ, what it is is that honestly, I I think PPC guys were just trolling Bob for a week because it was, <laughs> today it was Keith Furman, you know, wanting to fight with Terence Crawford. <laughs> Yesterday it was Gary Russell Jr. wanting a fight with oh. Terence Crawford, going up 4 away classes. I'm waiting to see who's going to be on Wednesday if it's going to be you know Brandon Figueroa wanting Crawford and. If, if, if Friday it's going to be, you know, uh, Adam Kornacki won the fight by Terrence. I, I want to see who is, who's <laughs> going to be next down the line with all of this. Knack, I want to see how far way. this troll going to go.
0: Well, uh, you know, hey, it, there is nothing new here, by the way. This has gone yeah. on for almost two years where Heyman right. and the PBC fighters have basically said to Terrence Crawford, we don't care about no stinking WBO belt. And we're not going to even give you the time of day, much less a fight. So it's interesting that they were having some back and forth about a Thurman Crawford, but it's not surprising that it never got any more than just a preliminary hi, hello, and no thank you if you want him to take you know, 50% or more of a pay cut than what he thinks. Because again, the Thurman Pacquiao thing is still intriguing, and that may be in play first part of next year. We don't know. Um, I know Keith Adick is reporting, uh, again, to go back to him, that Thurman may take a late December fight date uh, against someone else, and then maybe after that would be, depending on who it is and how long it takes, maybe after that would be a Pacquiao rematch. We'll see. We'll see if that's the case. We got to get out of here in a moment or two. Let's go over a couple of the odds uh, that are interesting as we take a look uh, from our friends at uh, at my bookie that sponsor things through the Sports Gambling Podcast and their offer again for the... Um, initial bonus match is up to $1,000. If you're a new customer at my bookie. I mentioned that again. So if you're making the wagers, uh, the last that we have seen early on in the week, uh, and I thought uh, uh, Zach had a great point, Mystic Zach. Uh, Zach Hirsch earlier said, what does Dillian White weigh? We don't know that right now while we're talking Marquise till he steps on the scale. Is Dillian White around what his fighting weight was in 2019? Is he 10 pounds heavier? How does he look? So right now, he's minus 350 from my bookie, favored to win over Povetkin. But if if he comes in significantly heavier, those odds might change before Saturday night's Fight Camp main event, the heavyweight showdown.
3: It will, actually, if that's the case, if he comes in heavy. I mean, they showed him coming into Fight Camp, TJ. But as you, as you well know, with most fighters, when they walk into these Fight Camp these photos, they're in sweatpants and sports gear. You can't see anything about any of that. And usually, those <laughs> things at 15 pounds anyway. So we won't know until it gets on the scales on, on the actual weigh-in. I'm intrigued to see if he's in actual shape during all of this, like most heavyweights at this point, because he'll be the first one of significance on this fight camp series that we've seen. And if he's not in shape, Pavekian will cause problems as he did the last time around, because he was in that same fight card with Josh Louise, where he pretty much, fought Michael Hunter to a very competitive draw where you could said that fight could have went either way. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well. But expect the odds to go drastically up on Pavetkin's side of the fence if White comes in overweight or out of shape.
0: Well, and look at David Benavidez last weekend uh, in the PBC Showtime show trying to make 168 pounds, defend his super middleweight title. And, and he basically admitted he had been trying to shed weight for two weeks, was still three pounds overweight. Um, and, and just wasn't going to be able to get it done. Now, again, heavyweights don't have to worry about that, but it's it's a great analogy of, yes, uh, Dillian White's been training, but how much has that been hardcore training? How much has he been eating? How much did he have to take off? Did he maybe balloon 30 or 40 pounds over what his fighting weight was, and he's been shedding that 30 or 40 pounds uh, to get himself into shape? We don't know. We don't know any of these things until we see him Uh, on the scale. Interesting on the undercard that Katie Taylor significantly favored minus 410 or about what four to one uh, for this Mm -hmm. matchup um, with uh, Delphine Pursun. Pursun plus 315 for the wager and last weekend we were talking about Jessica McCaskill looking for the upset maybe uh, as the underdog play Against Cecilia Bracus and and uh, Bracus was was a significant favorite in that one. I want to say Pursune was like plus seven hundred to win the fight and ends up getting the decision and stunning Bracus and handing her her first professional loss and all of that. So don't don't count out the underdog here. Pursune uh, in a rematch situation might be an attractive betting favorite there at plus three fifteen against Katie Taylor.
3: That may be actually, TJ, and also keep in mind as well that this, these are happening in uh, Madison Square Hearns in his backyard, so we'll see if any of that plays in the, in the, in, in, into effect as well in, in the bizarre event that Pursun gets gets jammed again on, on, if it goes to the scorecards. Uh,
0: are you saying that Pursune has two options to win the fight, and that is to knock Katie Taylor out and to knock Katie Taylor out. That's the the only way she's winning the fight. Short of that, she's going to get her hand raised. (laughs) Exactly. She's going to get her hand raised if it goes the distance. So... Uh, we'll see. We'll see on that one. Uh, all right. We uh, we also have some historical stuff. We were talking about David Payne, uh, uh, reminiscing with him about Nigel Ben and the Tuesday night anniversary of him bursting on the U.S. scene with a thunderous knockout of Iran Barkley. I cannot believe that was August of 1990 in Las Vegas. What a great first round! Go back and relive that. We wrote about it on BigFightWeekend.com. But Ben and Barkley. I again say it's not Hearns and Hagler with the Hall of Fame fighters. Uh, But then again, Ben scores three knockdowns. We didn't have any knockdowns in the first round of Hearns and Hagler. But it's a great middleweight one-round fight with the two of them bombing each other. Uh, And Nigel Ben ended up having a couple of more significant uh, fights, including one with Chris Eubank. We love my point. We love going back and looking at the historical fights, don't we, on the site?
3: Absolutely, TJ. And the big thing about it, if you go to BigFightWeekend.com, look at the historical pieces. is That we always look back at the fights and remember that uh, how everything settled in when, it, when everything was going on at the time. Uh, everyone knew I ran Barkley for upsetting, you know, Thomas Hearns, and then this this Ben guy comes from over across the pond in Vegas and just completely destroys him in
0: one round. And you got to remember, and, if I can interject, no internet at this time, so you you would maybe know not not many British fighters were ever on TV in the United States. Uh, unless something like Wide World of Sports would go cover a fight in the UK or in England. Uh, so you didn't know a lot about Nigel Benn. It's not like now where you can just suddenly look up a fighter on BoxRec, look up his previous fights on YouTube and know all about him. Like like we've been scrambling about Sebastian Formella in the main event on fight. That's what you have to do. You have to scramble and go fight. You, my point is you couldn't find that stuff on Nigel Benn if you live in the United States. They knew about his hard punching in England and in the UK, Boy, did Iran Barkley find it out in that fight in Vegas, 1990.
3: Absolutely. He found out the hard way with that as well because he he caught him with a left. That is one of the sickest left I've seen in a while. Look look, look at that back at that fight as well. And it's funny because back in those days, TJ, as you well know, you had to go by word of mouth. And word of mouth was this what you just mentioned, where, hey, we heard he was a hard puncher, just didn't know how hard he was until we saw it on that, that ABC 1 of sports back in the day.
0: L- Relive that with uh, Dan Dierdorf, Alex Wallow on the call, and the three-knockdown rule controversy, and the famed referee Carlos Padilla involved, and uh, it was wild. And and Nigel Benn, again, lost to Chris Eubank in November of that year, lost the WBO title, but a- an epic one-round fight for the guy known as the Dark Destroyer. And The Dark Destroyer was trying to make a comeback back last fall at uh, at what like 55 57 years of age something like that 55 57 years old he was trying to make a legitimate comeback got to within a couple of weeks of the fight happening maybe two or three and and injured his shoulder significant enough that he had to have shoulder surgery and couldn't can't do it not going to ever happen again but the dark destroyer was going to come back after like a 20 year layoff in his in his middle Absolutely 50s. nuts. Yeah, nuts is mid-50s. right. Mid 50s. Coming back, he was 55, and it,
3: was, it I think it was an ankle injury that he had in, in camp before uh, getting set up. For and then he had fight the
0: shoulder focus. injury, and he had to have shoulder surgery, so it took him down, took him out uh, for that fight, and he had basically said, your career's over. You're not going to be able to fight. Um, yeah. Let your son Connor and your other sons, uh, I think he's got two sons, I think there's three fighting bins. There's at least two. Uh, let them live vicariously through them. Train them, work with them, and let's see what happens. To the Dark Destroyer. Um, yeah. All right, my friend, we, we've covered a bunch. Here we come to the end of another conversation. Plug away about everything on Big Fight Weekend.
3: Absolutely, TJ. BigFightWeekend.com. Your source for all boxing news, past, present, future. That's where you can get my writings, everything, as always. Find me, TJ, as always, and you see me on there all the time harassing everyone on Twitter <laughs> at <WeekSauce> Radio. <laughs> questioning everyone and everything, and I'll, wish, I'll leave on that note as well because, as you know as we're recording this, the WBC ordered that debacle known as Canelo Alvarez versus Anil Yidrum uh, for the now fake fake <sighs> belt that, that David Benavides got stripped of, which I think is funny, TJ. One thing that's left out of this, by the way, is that the, heavyweight, the, the, the light heavyweight rankings for the WBC, surprisingly at number one, hmm, David Benavides. huh, yeah, so it's... he gained... He He, gains three pounds. Now he moves up to the rankings. He moves Mm. up in the light
0: heavyweight (laughs) ranks. He vacates his belt. I will believe Canelo Alvarez fighting, uh, what is it, uh, uh, Yanvi Yeldirium. I I will believe that when it actually happens. Because, again, Canelo's the same thing as what the Crawford – uh Thurman dispute is about it's the same reason why you can't set Fury and Wilder at the moment if you have no crowds you can't pay these guys and regardless if Yulderium is fighting for like lunch money Canelo's not going to fight when he's used to fighting for 30 million plus he's not going to fight for 4 million dollars or 8 million dollars maybe 8 million but I doubt it he's yeah, not going to fight for 4 million or 3 million he's going to want 8 10 15 million and he got no crowd to help On offset
3: of- it on top of that, TJ, if you're a network exec, you, you signed uh, Canelo Alvarez and yes. to have this big mega fight, right? Now, tears down the line. Not only do you not have that fight, you get to have a WBC mandatory that they ordered of Canelo Alvarez and Anvil Yudrum? Sure. I, I'll believe that when I see it, too. I, I agree. It, but I, I, I find it so funny. I, I find it more funny, TJ, that that, that that measure was approved, by the way, by a vote of 36 to 1. I wonder who that one person was and will that one person come forward because he needs <laughs> a medal.
0: <laughs> to try to vote it down thumbs down all right there he goes marquise great job thank you enjoy the fights uh from uh, los angeles to london and uh, and back through the 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 middle with uh the top ranked show that's in las vegas in the bubble as well and there's fights everywhere following at Week sauce radio he's going to be tweeting about him and uh, and writing about him on bigfightweekend.com thank you marquise thanks dj and we also thank David Payne back at the beginning of the podcast from London with his perspective on White and Povetkin. Follow him at The Boxing Writer. Love Zach Hirsch, Mystic Zach, a college freshman pick fights. He loves Dillian White in the straight-up pick over Alexander Povetkin. Will Povetkin give him a hard fight? We'll find out Find out more about Zach at IPickWins.com. That's also his Instagram, IPickWins. Love his insight. We love Marquise closing the show out. We thank you for finding us. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the audio version of the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Find the YouTube page as well for Big Fight Weekend. For now, we are done. Enjoy the fights. And thank you for being with us here as part of Big Fight Weekend. Bye.